Hello everyone and welcome back to part 2 of episode 1 of Beautifully Unmasked. Here's my story. So I was saved at 5 or 6, 5 or 6, I don't know. I'm sure my mom will correct me on that when this comes out. But, um, (laughs) anyways, um, yeah, we were both saved around the same time. We both, you know, grew up in the same church until she was five. Um, and then all that happened that you just heard. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) but before that, you know, we were together a lot and, you know, we're at each other's houses all the time and she probably doesn't remember that. But anyways, uh, (laughs) she was like four and three. Um, so anyways, so my childhood was a little bit different. Um, so my parents were together, um, but I also have a verbally abusive father. So, um, my dad, um, he used to work and do like scaffolding and all this stuff and he got disabled and, um, since then... Um, he basically just sat or sits to this day in a chair and ordered my mom around and, you know, like she was a slave. And I just remember one time being like, you're not his slave. Why are you waiting on him like that? It's not fair. Um, you know, he yelled a lot. Um, you could never show emotion. It was, you know. Oh, you're mm-hmm. Scottish. You stop crying. What are you crying for? Um, I'll give you something to cry about. You want something to cry about? Mm-hmm. Um, there was no showing emotion in that house, and um, like most of what he did was yell. I mean, I have maybe like six, maybe maybe six good childhood memories with him. Maybe that's that's stretching yeah. it. Um. But, you know, my mom was, like, basically a single mom. She worked 40 hours a week, came home, cooked dinner, bathed me, put me to bed, packed my lunches, spent time with me, always was selfless, always was on her game, like, you know, um, just kept going. Like, I went to my grandparents pretty much as much as possible for peace and quiet. Like, they kept me while my mom worked, um... Like Abby mentioned before, like their house was like a constant that that was my home, like growing up, that was my home, like mm-hmm. it's still my home, like I still yeah. I still think like I wanna go home, and that's the house I wanna mm-hmm. go to um my parents did separate and get back together, um unfortunately, instead of just staying apart. Um, I know that, like, some people are like, why would you say that? But, like, my dad was always nicer when he was by himself. He did what he wanted to do. He went where he wanted to go. Um, he was always, like, he didn't just sit around. Like, he would, you know, take me places. And, um, he's just a different person. Like, when he was on his own, he was happy. Um, and as a kid, seeing that, you know, you don't understand why, your dad is always so mean to your mom and like yelling all the time when you're with your mom and like but then when he's by himself he's so happy so it just makes you feel like Mm -hmm. you know like he doesn't really want to be around you um but yet like his actions spoke different than his words like he's always said he wants to be around you or 
and that he loves my mom and everything like that, but his actions were completely different. So that really confuses a kid where you're like, yeah. what? Like, uh, you love me, but you act like you hate me. Like, I don't understand. So mm-hmm. growing up was definitely different um, on my side of things because, you know, it just... I mean, we both really didn't have, like, a dad relationship at, to an extent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yours was just removed. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so we moved a lot, um, which led me to feel like I had no home except for my grandparents' house, which I lived most, uh, probably over half of my life, I lived at my grandparents'. Like, I, we actually, like, moved into their house. So, like, I don't mm-hmm. just mean, like, staying at their house. I mean, like, I actually lived at their residence. Their residence was my address on my, like, my parents got mail. Like, I got mail there, you know. Well, I was, like, <laughs> six, so I didn't get mail there. But, well, the church sent me mail, but, you know. Um, other than that, I, um... um I don't know what I was going to say. Went out the window. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> so, what do you think your best memory was at your grandparents' house? At our grandparents' house? At our, I know, I realized that. It was like, don't mind too. <laughs> um, I think, like, swimming and just, like, always, you know, the door was always open and mm-hmm. just walk in and it's just like hey love ya right happy to see ya <laughs> what's going on in your life and they just listen to you talk about anything like mm-hmm. it, it didn't matter like you'd be talking about a caterpillar that you caught on the tree and they're like <laughs> oh okay and they listen to you like they didn't care like right you know so they wanted to hear everything like you could go in there mad and like you know they'd talk you down out of it and just be like, I think that's my, like, not, I don't really have, like, the most favoritist memory, but I think that's, that's overall, like, my favorite thing about it would mm-hmm. be that. Um, which grandparent, like, did you feel like one grandparent was more of a comfort or, like, a rock for you? And if so, like, which one and why? Um, different times in life, like, (laughs) yeah, um, so, like, our grandpa, like, he was, hands down, my forever rock, like, that was my, Mm -hmm. like, solid foundation, through childhood through everything like he taught me everything he was at every school performance for me he was at everything like I mean mm-hmm. everything like best man in the yes, world like I mean when I say like my my dad was not a I don't remember my dad at any school performances any chorus performances I don't remember him any time in school growing up but I remember mm-hmm. my grandparents were at every school performance every grandparents day they drove two hours when we moved to Richmond oh for grandparents day like that yeah like 
two hours. Like, I would be sick, and my mom was a single mom at that point. They would drive up and stay with me, because if not, my mom would have to, like, my mom would literally, like, take me to her work and hide me under her desk. Like, she really didn't hide me, because her boss knew I was there, but she knew I was there, but didn't, the the whole office didn't know I was there, but I would, like, sleep under her desk, because she couldn't just leave me at home. I was in fourth grade, or fifth grade. Like, what were you, you going to do with yeah. fifth grader? So, True. Yeah. <laughs> so, you kind of already touched on this a little bit, but in the perspective of when you were a kid um, and they got back together, were you happy? Like, did you think he was changed and would stay the happy guy that he was when he was by himself? Um. So, like, to preface that, like, it, the really quick version... My dad got in a really bad car accident. My dad wasn't really saved before that. He had, like, come to Jesus moment where he stayed in his trailer for a month and, like, cried. And he was, like, acted like a different person. And Mm -hmm. I thought, like, we thought he was changed. Like, things he said, he definitely couldn't said unless he was changed. But Mm -hmm. over the years, he just kind of, like, slipped back into the person that he was. So, like, Mm -hmm. now, you know as an adult like he's back to the way he was when I was like five and now I'm just like (laughs) okay what are we doing um so you know I were I I were (laughs) I was happy when they got back together at that point because he did seem changed and things were different um but you know like everything newness wears off I guess and you know if you don't cultivate relationships, which, you know, like, if you don't do what you're, you need to do to, like, keep yourself changed or, like, keep evolving yourself. Right. Then yeah. you don't stay changed. Like, you don't keep getting better. You just get revert back to what you were. Right. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what happened. Um, mm-hmm. So at this point, it's kind of like a stalemate i guess um yeah like we have a relationship but um it's not the relationship he wants to have he wants to have one like i had with my grandpa but it's just not the same it's not gonna happen um i'm not saying that to be mean i'm just saying like you 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 can't take years of like burning a bridge you can't take years of like me always trying to retie a knot at the end of a, a rope bridge and him having a lighter to the other end of it. Like, you can't just keep mm-hmm. expecting somebody to keep retying a bridge that you've been, fraying, like, burning the end of the rope for so many years. Mm-hmm. And just expecting them to keep coming back for more when you've already burned them 80 million times. Like, enough's enough. So, um, like, don't get me wrong, I love my dad. I'm not saying I don't love my dad. So, don't think I don't love my dad. But... <laughs> I don't want people to get on here hating on me. Um, just saying, you know, how it is living with a, a verbally abusive. And my dad never hit me. So don't think that either. He was verbally abusive. Right. He never hit me. You know, he, you know, uses words. Um, which is, frankly, in my opinion, worse. To an extent. Mm. To an extent. I'm not saying, like, I'm not saying I'd rather be beat. But I'm saying... That sticks with you for a long time. And, you know, we'll get into it later in the podcast, but I have borderline personality disorder, which we didn't know until recently. 
that's what the diagnosis was. So I have had a lot of mental problems growing up and that did not help having that environment to grow up in. So, Mm -hmm. which we'll get to that later. But, um, anyways, so like I said, we moved to Richmond when I was in fifth grade, which was, I hated it. We was away from everybody. Um, I hated that too. Yeah. I was like, dang, man, y'all took my only friend, yeah, yeah. aside from my brother. Right. Yeah, so, um, then at about, after, so, it was, it was a real weird time period, because within the time of, like, 5th, 6th, and 7th grade, we moved Richmond home, Richmond home, Richmond home. Mm. It was, like, really, that's a lot on somebody, so, um, which is where, like, I'm not going to sugar it. Like, that's where my whole, like, porn watching started for me at that age. Yeah. Like, I was alone one summer all by myself. And, like, it just kind of happened. And it was, like, mm-hmm. all day. Like, every day while my mom was gone yeah. to work. Like, when yep. she left the house, I would lock the front door and it would be, like, all day long. And when she come home, oh, there you go. Clear the browser history. Yeah. Oh, what'd you do today? Watch Nickelodeon? <laughs> I mean, like, what the hell are you... Oh, excuse me. What are you going to say to your mom? Like, <laughs> I guess... That's some interesting Nickelodeon, Do I, do I need to make uh, the podcast explicit? I just... Anyways. Um, it's in the Bible. I true. It's true. Um, but anyways, <laughs> I would... <laughs> we'll go on. Um, you know, I was a chunkier kid. I never thought a guy would like me, ever. Because everybody I liked when I was a kid, my childhood crush liked my best friend. He didn't pay me any mind. I loved him for 12 years. He never knew it. He still don't know it to this day. He's married. Who cares? I don't care. <laughs> but good for him. I'm glad for him. He, I'm glad he got a person. But, um, you know, when, when I met him when we were, like, 12 and 13, I was like, oh, no. Because, um, you know, people change. But, you know, mm-hmm. uh but I no guy ever liked me like I like ever, ever like I never had a uh, Valentine. I never had anybody like check yes or no in a box. Nobody looked at mm-hmm. me if I liked them. They were like, oh sorry, I like so and so. It was that that was it. Um, and it was like all because of the way I looked. Like it was because I was chunky. I wasn't skinny like whoever. Um, mm-hmm. Which most of it was that way. Like, I'm not saying all of everybody is like that. But a lot of the times I found it was, I like her because she's pretty and she has this color hair and you don't. And so, anyways, uh, no, I didn't look like a Barbie doll. So I wasn't liked from the people that I liked. Apparently the people I liked had bad taste, okay? Like, true. (laughs) Not that people that look like Barbies (laughs) are bad looking. I'm just saying, like... Anyways, so I never had reciprocated feelings, so that, you know, never having that growing up, like, you know, that does something to somebody. Like, even if you're a little kid Mm -hmm. and you never have a little crush that's like, oh, I like you too, or gives you a bear or nothing, like, you have nothing, nobody shows interest in you ever, it's like, okay, like, what's wrong with me? Um... So, anyways, we moved back home, finally, and, um, 
we got in I got into um, youth group and I was in the praise band because I play piano and I sing and you know they kind of put us all on pedestals like we were watched by the youth like it was like we were the beacons like everybody tried to be like this person who was on the piano and when they went to college they replaced everybody with like me and my best friend and a guy that we grew up with he played the guitar and sang a little bit and and one of our friends was on the drums or whatever well you know we were up there and it was like they kind of put us on a pedestal for everybody to watch you had to act perfect you had to be at church every time the doors were open you could never do anything mm-hmm. wrong if you were suspected of doing anything wrong it was like a talk you would have a sit down talk with somebody that wasn't your parent like trying to like get in your business like yeah so you know rumors started going around it's like a country club like that church was like a country club um so i was i was severely sick because of my mental problems i was having like a medication problem i wasn't able to go a couple times and i had to back out on a um summer like trip thing and last minute because i just i couldn't go like i couldn't do it and once they got back they had replaced me my position wasn't there anymore they replaced me um didn't talk about it and um rumors went around that me and my best friend were out partying and drinking um shortly after that you know we left because that and also that youth group the leader told told me I shouldn't tell my mom everything and a whole bunch of stuff. I don't even remember the whole conversation, but it was just like way overstepping boundaries. And mm-hmm. this is like, I just want to stress, like this is the importance of welcoming people into church and like being like Christ. Like, like I, yeah. Like say it louder for the people in yeah, the back. <laughs> it's just, it's just the importance like of some churches like, I never thought I would be the person to sit here and tell you that I feel what people feel when they say they don't feel welcome in a church. And yeah. they don't... And, like, people don't get saved because of that. Like, what if I wasn't mm-hmm. saved? You know? And then, like, mm-hmm. people are acting like that. And you're supposed to be the hope for people? No. Um, you kind of, like, wrecked my whole teen years there because you were like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, do you feel like the porn addiction um, also fed off of or into the feeling of lack of love? Oh, for sure. Kind of the same question. Yeah, for sure. Like, (laughs) I think it just felt like, at that time, you get to where you're just like, you want to feel something. Mm -hmm. Besides, like, mommy telling you, oh, you're beautiful. Yeah, right. Nobody else. Right. Nobody else thinks that, (laughs) you know? Like, um... I don't think it was really, like, you know, nobody ever chooses, like, oh, today I'm going to go look at porn. Like, okay, maybe some... Right. Okay, maybe, <laughs> no, maybe some people do. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying... Right. I'm just saying, like, I'm just saying... In your case, it's kind of fell in, in your our lap case, in it's not that way. It's not that yeah, way. Um, definitely not. No. <laughs> no. And with that came, like, a guilt of, like... Like you said, like, every time you're typing in anything, you're like, what What are you doing? Like, hit the backspace, but your fingers keep typing, and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And then, 
afterwards you like go take a shower because you feel like filthy like at least I did like and then I would just go take a shower because you feel like dirt at least I did and then Mm -hmm. but we process things completely different and y'all will see that because we're like polar opposites in that way like Abby will stomp around a yard mad, and I'll be like, "What you mad for?" And like, that's <laughs> just what it is. But like, um, so yeah, I definitely think it's just yeah, it definitely did attribute to that for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, have you been able to forgive the people involved in that church situation? Maybe. um yeah because well yes and no to an extent like right i forgive you as in like i don't know like i'm not begrudging them but at the same time if i go back and visit it's still like oh like it's like I'm not, I'm mm-hmm. still not welcome. Like it's still like mm-hmm. a weird Which yeah. Is crazy. It's still a weird vibe. Like from everyone, it's like it's just weird. Like I don't know what yeah. I don't know. You know, you never know what gets said yeah. or whatever. I don't know, but you know, they they can live their life and I'll live mine <laughs> at this point. Right. But um, you know, no, I'm not I'm not sitting here holding a grudge, but. It did contribute to the next part, which I'll just go ahead and go into. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I went to another church. We, we switched churches after that. And then this guy showed me interest. And I was, like, 17 at the time. Like I said, nobody liked me before. He was this skinny guy. He was skinny as a rail. Like, skinny as a rail. Like, he was, like, three inches wide. Like, like. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, he's the skinniest guy ever, right? And I'm, like, plus size. I think I was, like, a a 16 or something, right? So I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, this skinny guy likes me. What? Okay. Um, So we hung out, and, like, I'm not even going to lie and be like, we hung out for months. No, it was, like, twice. Right. And then I lost my virginity in the most unromantic way um, ever. It was, like, mm-hmm. not even, like, what was that? Like, uh, Dude, yeah. it's, like, everybody <laughs> blows blows it up to be, like, the most, like, life-changing moment. And then I was just, like, what was that? Like, that was not even fun. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm just being real here. <laughs> Um, no, yes. So, so we dated for, I don't know, like, I don't know, six months or so, whatever, a while. Um, he was a little crazy. Um, <laughs> I did end up feeling just like a piece of dirt, like, after losing my virginity. It was like, okay, well, I've already done it, so what does it matter what I do now? Mm-hmm. Like, because which we'll get into this in a totally different episode, but, like, because of growing up, the way we grew up, and in the church and everything, the way that things were looked at, it was like, well, I'm unworthy now, I may as well just do whatever I want. 
So Mm -hmm. I was just like, whatever. So, like, all we did was, you know, go and have sex all the time. And then, you know, that relationship was fine. And then I went to hair school and, you know, broke up with him because I was in a new crowd. And I was like, hey, there's this cute guy over there. And he's got muscles and tattoos. Okay. Um, (laughs) You know, I wasn't, I'm not proud of it. I'm not saying that that's the thing to do, but I'm just saying, like, that's the way my mind was at 17. Like, I started smoking cigarettes. Um, I had, you know, multiple boyfriends. I, like, I'm not even going to go through all of them. But, um, you know, I started drinking and partying and smoking weed all the time. Like, I had to be high before I left the bed in the morning. Like, I literally would not get out of bed before I was high. Um, I, I sold my, my favorite guitar, okay? It was black on black acoustic electric guitar for $80, okay, for weed. Mhm. Okay. Dang, I didn't know that. I was wondering what happened yeah. to that guitar. And I still want it back to this day. I don't even know. Like I I can't get it back. Like I still right. I don't have a guitar now. And it's it this yeah. is like what? Like 10 years later and I'm still upset about it. But right? um so you know, that happened and you know, I had without even knowing it, like I was pretty much raped multiple times and forced to have, well, I was forced to have relationship relations against my will in those relationships multiple times. Mm -hmm. I was raped multiple times. I was raped one time in front of like four people, um, in a room full of people. Yes. Yes. If y'all could see her face right now. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I was raped on my parents back porch on a first date um uh yeah it it was yeah um but i never thought of it as that like until recent therapy but um Mm -hmm. you know i never took any legal action i just told him if i ever saw him again you know it'd be heck to pay Um, and I never heard Mm -hmm. from him, but, um, I felt like, you know, yes was a blanket statement. Like if I said yes once, I couldn't say no. Um, Mm. so, you know, after whirlwind of like ups and downs, lots of drinking, um, partying, smoking, um, I didn't really get into doing anything like harder than that except for like two times and then I was like okay Lucia you're going way too far bring it back bring it back bring it back mm-hmm. and I was like okay um yeah like you don't even know like <laughs> I mean the things that I did were um I don't I can't even remember I think they're called like Luigi's or something but they're like a mixture like you don't even know what's in them so like you don't even right. know what the heck you're snorting like it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was my, like, all-time low. Like, but that was after, um, that was, let me back up. <laughs> that stint was after 
breaking it off with my um, ex-husband who was um, who I thought was very nice who um, turned out not to be so nice I'm not going to go into grave detail about it mm-hmm. um, but you know did you know sexually assault me numerous times as well as you know choking me till I almost passed out and threatened me um, threatened my life and um, once I broke free of that I went and decided we were my friends threw me a divorce party and that's where I got a little cray cray um, mm-hmm. and then that's where I was like okay I'm hitting rock bottom let me bring it back and then I just pretty much cut off all ties with those people um, mm-hmm. because that's what I had to do or I would have completely gone down that road and I still, I yeah. probably still would be down that road, honestly. Um, because I was addicted. Like, I, I still to this day cannot mm-hmm. smell weed without being like, my sensors are tingling. Like, I need it right <laughs> now. Like, um, yeah. like, I, um, I never really had, like, an alcohol issue like I didn't have to drink um right but anyways um and I met my husband now like I don't know a year after all that probably um Mm -hmm. which now it's completely different knowing what a healthy relationship is like and um Then about, let's see, six months into marriage, my that's when my PTSD, like, broke through, and I would have, like, vivid nightmares, and just... Um, sorry. I would have... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that. Anyways, I would have vivid nightmares and I would just, you know, have flashbacks. My husband's face would morph into somebody else's face. Um, Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was horrible. Like, hours of just wrestling around trying to, like, calm me down. Like, he would, like, WWE hug me, like, Hulk style. Like, (laughs) um... So I ended up going to EMDR therapy, which is, like, what soldiers go through when they come back and they have PTSD because of, like, gunfire and seeing, you know, all that they see, um, Mm -hmm. which that helped, um, get through that part of it. Like, the flashbacks and everything stopped and the visual stuff stopped, um, and then I ended up going, um... In 2019, I got a gene test from a psychiatrist, and I found out I was allergic to pretty much every med that I had taken. Um, It's like a blood reaction that, like, I don't have, I didn't have hives, I didn't have anything, but I would have, like, you know, it would present itself as, like, a horrible, like, I'd be severely angry or act like a manic person, like, with bipolar or, um get really depressed or suicidal like try to jump out of a car um 
yeah, like my husband's driving down the road mm-hmm. and I opened the door and was like, okay, peace. And he was like, uh, child lock. Uh, <laughs> I didn't actually jump out, but he had to like grab me. Yeah. And swing the car around and park it. Yeah. Real quick. Um, but yeah, things got really bad, which I'll touch on late in a later episodes. We're going to break it down into like different topics, but mm-hmm. just going through like, um, we found that out. Um, I got a new diagnosis of borderline personality, which is, you know, like, even though I know that I've been this way for a long time, when you get a new diagnosis, you're like, that's not me. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? Even though it's really been that all along and not been bipolar. Mm-hmm. Um, so that kind of hits you cause you're like, what? Like, am I, it kind of makes you feel like you're a different person in a way. It's like, am I me? Like, am I, I don't know. It was just a weird conundrum. Like, cause you've been told all your life you're, you have this. And then 20 some right. years later, you're like, oh no, you don't have that. Actually. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, so like Abby said, you know, she's been on her 10 months to find her, not really find, well, I guess find yourself, whatever. Those are my words that I typed, but <laughs> anywho, um, you know, like I, I didn't really do my career in my, in my thing here, but I did change careers in the middle of all this too. And, um, you know, we both lost grandparents in the middle of all this too. Um, mm-hmm. so there's a lot that we didn't hit on in these testimonies, but, um, you know, lately myself, I'm just trying to find myself again in, you know, going through counseling, um, you know, trying to deal with a new diagnosis, trying to see, you know, how to deal with myself trying to find a church that I like because honestly I don't because of the past I don't like going to churches I don't like going in churches I feel I always feel like outcast I don't ever feel welcome at a church every time I go I always feel weird when I go um so honestly it really screwed things up for me as far as finding a church that I like still haven't found Mm -hmm. one I still haven't found a preacher that really like I really, really like, um, I like, there's a lot of good preachers, but I'm just like, not one that like gets me that it's like, yes. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, trying to find my way back to, you know, a relationship with God because a lot of that stuff happened and it was just like, okay, so you're just going to leave me high and dry like that and let all this happen to me. Okay, cool. I see how it is. So, like, how Abby took hers one way, I took mine a different way. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I had, you know, a little bit different stuff thrown at me. So, um, anyways, I think that's all I got for now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just only want to do, because I think you touched on two of the questions, but one of them, um, did you want to open up to family about the things that had happened? I never asked you that one. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you escaped the gavel. I did. Um, yeah. Like, I think I always had, but, you know, I'll just be the one. Go ahead, put it on me, Abby. I'll be the one to say it. 
I'll be the one. I mean, I'll I can talk about it, it too. I'll be the one to put the gavel down. <laughs> Guillotine's coming down on my neck right now. All right, here we go. So, yeah, no, like, our family is very, like, closed-lipped, like, and in, in our, okay, let me preface this. This is Abby and my's perception. Okay? Right, this yeah. is our perception of our whole life, including now. Not necessarily Not the necessarily truth. the truth, but this is perception of always. Like, and this is still, to this day, for me, true until it's proven mm-hmm. otherwise. But um, in our family, we don't talk about things openly. Um, it's a lot of, we don't want to talk about it because we might hurt their feelings. Or we might do this and somebody might get their feelings hurt. We might have a fight or we might get mad or we might step on somebody's toes. And I feel like, you know, we never ever talk about real topics. We never are real about Mm -hmm. anything. I feel like, you know, a lot of why we did this podcast was one, to help other people with issues. Um, But two, because... You know, nobody knows us. And, right. you know, even in having to cultivate, uh, like, we had to cultivate our relationship back because, you know, like, last year we were both going through stuff. We both had a fault. Like, we had a like, mm-hmm. issue and had to be like, well, what's the issue? Because we've never fought and not gotten over it. Um, mm-hmm. But I think sometimes you just have to take time to say, this is how I feel. And then the other person says, hey, well, this is how I feel. And quite frankly, you don't have to do it like Abby and I did it because we just both kind of yelled at each other. But it's fine. (laughs) Um, But that's how we communicate. I mean... (laughs) I mean, but that's how we've always been. Like, even childhood, we just yell at each other in the front yard, and then we cry and hug it out, and we're done. Like, that's just how we do things. But I'm not saying that's the best way to do it. But I just feel like we don't ever have real conversations, so it's really hard to feel connected to the people you're supposed to be connected to the most and the people you're supposed to call on Mm -hmm. when things happen to you because you don't ever feel like you can be open because you're gonna be looked down on because they're i'm just gonna i'm gonna put it out how this how this is alicia's opinion talking i'm not gonna speak for abby this is alicia um that you know i feel like i don't say a lot because i feel like i'm gonna be looked down on because i'm not Mm -hmm. um choosing words here uh i'm not gonna say good as good as but i uh, right. it's it's hard to say um delicate eloquently um i'm not saying not as good as them but as i'm not gonna say as holy as them because it's not what i'm saying either do you know what i'm saying like i do uh, like <laughs> all right the uh, our family has always been church going in the bible and it, when you mess up, you feel like you're the dirt of the family. This is me. This is Alicia talking, not Abby. I'm not speaking for Abby right now. So if you want to be mad, be mad at me. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, you feel like you're the, you know, the black sheep. And I personally, over the past 
like 10 years have felt like I have been, I'm the black sheep of the family. I've always said that. I've said that to my mom. She said, that's not Mm -hmm. true. Yes, it is. I am the black sheep of this family. But on, (laughs) you know, on my mom's side, not my dad's side. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, like, uh, my dad's side is just like, we accept you, whatever you do, we love you. Um, I can be open, more open with them because they just accept you, like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, They're different and they came from different backgrounds and they're different, you know, heritage. Uh, but they just accept you and I could go to them and be like, this really serious happened. And they would be like completely upfront, like supporting, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I haven't, but I could, but I feel like with my mom's side of the family, um, I can't be open and I can't be myself Mm -hmm. and I can't be transparent because it's like frowned upon because it's like, I'm not. I've done messed up and I'm not as good anymore. <laughs> like, that's just how I feel. Like you're, you're making me laugh. You I done, done messed, messed up. up. AA Ron. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> um, no, yeah. I'm getting into it now, but like, no, that's just getting into the feelings now. But, um, that's mm-hmm. just how like, yeah, of course I, I want to say things, but there's like a select few people that, I've said some things too, but they still don't know the full extent of anything. And it's like you drop little hints, like little breadcrumbs, but they still don't know the whole story. Yeah, definitely. And I think, yeah, uh, <laughs> for sure. I'll I'll just talk about it too, since you're like, you know, put me on the guillotine. <laughs> um, <laughs> when um. When, you know, the whole ECU incident happened, my dad asked me if I wanted the family to know or if I cared if they knew. Um, And I told him, no, I didn't care. But thankfully, my dad knew better and he only told our pastor, which I had okayed as well. And my mom. um, So that he, well, yeah, and Aunt Dana. um, So that, you know, they could pray and whatnot. But other than that, like, he even told, you know... Um, he even told Alicia's mom, like, you can't tell Alicia, which is like crazy. Cause I honestly couldn't remember because I was so used to Alicia knowing everything. <laughs> I, I, I didn't I know, know if she knew, <laughs> <laughs> um, like she, I'm trying to think. Yeah. Like legit. She's the only person that has known as much about my life as like nobody else knows the things that she's known. Mm-hmm. Um, in that side of the family. And for me, my perception of it, I think it's a mixture of things. For one, age-wise, we fall into this category of in between the older, as far as cousins, the older kids that grew up together in a yeah. way. Um, and then you've got some younger ones. It's kind of um, like a break. That, it's like the older yeah. crew and then me you and your brother and then the the youngers it's like a break it's like right. a middle break because we're all so close together and then it's like we're like our own little pea pod right and even like you know we have one cousin that's really close in age with uh you know my brother but they the younger ones 
and some of the olders were involved in the same little sibling group, but they weren't around a lot. Yeah. So that, so we kind of felt like we were in our own little world. Um, so I think there's a mixture of that, of like not having, for one, when we did see them, it was always like, oh, let's just have fun, fun and games. Um, but then also I just think that some mentalities from church, and I'm not even saying that it's taught in church. It's just something that I, the enemy tries to like stir up and humans are, as we've already talked about, like very, uh, you know, we mess up, we can be petty, we can gossip, all this stuff. And so, and so the, the, the idea that, oh, well, we're Christians, so we don't do this. And if you do it, you feel shame. Yeah. And that's something I struggled with a lot to where in around the college time frame, um, after I left ECU, I thought I wasn't saved. Like every time I messed up, every time, you know, porn came up or whatever, I thought, oh, well, you don't love God. You did this. Look at you. And really it's like, that's like Satan, like, or, you know, just that's him. That's that thought process. Let me get in your head, girl. Right. Like, let me, you know, Oh, I almost quoted a song that would have been so bad. Anyway, uh, <laughs> don't do that. Copyright. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Um, but he wants you to view yourself and your relationship with God that way. And so that transferred over to the family. Right. Um, especially my dad. And again, I'm not trying to <laughs> say dad has done anything wrong. However, I have learned since last year when he was in the hospital, um, if you ever ask dad how he's doing, he'll tell you pretty good for a dead guy because he died on the table for four minutes. <laughs> um, yeah. He so he loves telling people. that joke. Oh, yes. Um, but that made me realize how much I am my father's daughter. Stubbornness yep. when it comes to privacy and emotions and just all that. And so one thing that I do that I... That used to scare me growing up, if I'm honest, because, like, literally, Dad is, like, the... He was, when we were younger, he was the scary uncle. Like, if I if I told our, our cousin, um, one of our cousins, like, I, Dad makes up his own little slang language when he's texting me. And I told our cousin, he was like, Uncle! Blink, blink! Like, <laughs> what? Are you That's kidding funny. me? But anyway... I do that too. If I feel like you're disrespecting me, and this is like the new, this is the side of my personality I didn't touch on, but I've realized that there were parts of my personality that got stifled and covered. So I grew up to be, oh, sweet little Abby, shy Abby. No, Abby actually has some fire in her gut, and she'll show it to you if you are hurting somebody she loves, if you're disrespecting her, or whatever. So anyway... That's my dad, and I didn't realize that. Yes. But anyway, so, again, linking that to, like, I didn't feel, and I, this is partially why we're doing this, is, you know, it's talking, it's all about taking that mask off. I'm going to have a conversation with my dad. I'd be like, look, this is your daughter. I've smoked weed. I've, I, I drink. I, I have, you know, my mom's side of the family is very heavily Eastern European, um, Croatian, and it shows in my ability to take shots. Like, which sounds You're silly. You're not just going to anyway, be like, just, hey, here's this podcast, take a listen. 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> but, so, yeah, anyways. It's just this thing of, like, I think Alicia was so much braver than me. She's always had this backbone and, like, no, this is how I feel and I'm going to tell you about it. Whereas me, I just stuff my emotions down, and so I keep on that persona of sweet little Abby. I don't know if it's really a backbone, it's just no filter. Well, okay, it's it's a backbone, but I still, I don't like confrontation, though, which was which will surprise people. Which is very yeah, surprising. Yeah, I don't. I don't <laughs> like confrontation at all. But I will tell yeah. you what's up. <laughs> In a heartbeat. Yeah. But I don't, I don't like yeah. confrontation. Yeah, so... Like she said, Alicia said before, like, um, personally, I'm very tired of family not knowing me. And it's not their fault. We don't get to see each other as much as we used to because our grandparents passed away. (laughs) Um, She's, like, talking into a hairbrush (laughs) microphone over there. Uh, But, yeah, so it's just family's complicated. And but I think that. I don't know. Hopefully this is a. helpful towards moving yes. forward this is also but, uh, to hit on other things too but this was just our oh yeah totally. this is us this is us this is abby and alicia's turmoil of a <laughs> life right now <laughs> well right? of a past not really in life right now but yeah so we just wanted mm-hmm. to share that with you guys and we'll be back for more if you survived this episode <laughs> right Oh, God. Uh, hopefully this helped you guys. And, uh, yeah. Tune in for the next